Do not adjust your sets. We are here. We are back. It is the greatest movie ever podcast. After a while, I mean, I think Highlander almost shut us down because of that awful, awful film. But we are back <laughs> and we, we are here to talk about the greatest movies of 2021. But before we do get into it, it has been a while. How are you guys doing? Because you guys haven't seen each other since the last podcast, probably. I know, it's been a long no, time. I don't think so, yeah. I'm I'm raring to go for this one. I'm raring yeah, life has just got in the way, you know. Life keeps getting in the way. We've got the first song of the year, we're okay. Um well, <laughs> I reckon well, you aren't singing that Enchanto song. Don't <laughs> Aaron fucking sings it all the time. I mean it's all right, but like... I reckon they should they should put it as a United chant when Bruno scores. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. We we are here to talk about the greatest movies of 2021. I mean, there wasn't a lot of them, in in all fairness. So, I mean, hopefully a lot of them will be duplicates. Who knows? I mean, it could go anyway. Like I said, we are having a little bit of a debate of UK-US release. I think some of us have gone for UK. Some of us have gone for US. Whatever happens, happens. So, we'll just see what happens. But, I'm yeah, just gonna put. Crazy. I'm gonna put it out there, like before we start, though. This is the best year since 2010 in cinema. This is like, the <laughs> one of the worst years ever. Honestly, this year for me is where like big cinema is back. Like the last couple of years, like I've not had no. like a big cinema experience where like I've had multiple multiple films this year where I thought, wow, this is cinema. This is so good. Like making me go watch films. Like, I'm honestly, like, this list, like, it's so strong, like, for how good it is. Yeah, I mean, but, we are we are recording as of the 24th of January, a double episode tonight. So make sure you check out the next one as well, which will be the review of the draft 2021. So we can see how we did on that. And then we'll be doing our 2022 draft. So is 2022 going to be a better year for film? Who knows? Is Maverick going to finally come out? Who knows? Mission Impossible, <laughs> isn't well, who yeah. knows what's going to happen. But we're going to begin, as we always begin, let's get back into the familiarity of it. It's double A. It's Aaron. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's not that many films. Do you have any honourable mentions? <laughs> I have a lot of honourable mentions this year. Um, so um, my, my biggest thing for 2021, there was a lot of films that were like 50-50, like so much look, complete like love and hate films. So... A couple of these are like Eternals looked amazing. Awful. Some of it like is really good, and then other parts are just so bad. Um, the Matrix. There's about forty minutes of the Matrix where it's incredible, and then the rest is garbage. Green Knight similar as well. Like almost got there. Um, but my honourable mentions, I've got three. Um, Justice League, because. It, it is it is great, but I still see it as like the original, and um, that's why I didn't cl- include it. Um, the Last Duel, great film. Um, and I'm, are we including documentaries on this list? Because if not, I'll I'll give one of them an honorable mention. What do you reckon? No, tell me we're not including. No, so Summer of Soul. Okay, Summer of Soul. I'll give that. That was going to be my number ten. So Summer of Soul, that's definitely, definitely an honourable mention. But my biggest honourable mention for this year 
is the biggest film of the year, Spider-Man. Really good. It's not on your top ten. Wow. No. It... <laughs> what kind it's of great year? Film. Here we go. Happy 2022, everyone. We've, we started off with a bigger year. I must be it, in a different a great... year to you because if that's not making your list, I don't know what no, is. Honestly, it's it's a great it's a great film. I, I think it's really good. Um, I've got problems with the plot. About to use the villains. The fan service is incredible. Um, one of the best cinema moments of the year for sure. But I'm confident that the 10 I've picked uh, better than this film. So I'll start off with my number 10. And this has gone down on the list. And I'm starting off with In the Heights. And it's definitely my favourite Lin-Manuel project of the year. Um, <laughs> I thought the cast just came out of nowhere in this film for me. Like I feel like these are, everyone like gave an amazing performance in this film. It's one of like the best... There's normally of so many films you watch where there's always someone like not that great or a couple of people, but everyone's like killing it in this. Um, looks good, story's great. The only thing I've said to Jamie, I know he disagrees, is like I don't think the songs are as memorable as his Encanto songs. But ha- after living with Encanto for a bit, those songs are way more annoying than in the Heights songs. So, um, great film, had to be on the list number ten. I will just point out from this point as well. I mean, if you haven't seen Spider-Man, which I'm sure everybody has at this point, there might be spoilers in this podcast. So if we get to that, we'll say spoilers, okay? Just in no, case. Spoilers, yeah. But everybody should have watched Spider-Man, just saying. Um, okay. So me, it is me for number 10. Um, I will give an honourable mention to The Last Duel. It was okay. I don't think it reaches the top 10 but you know it was decent for what it was Ben, ben Affleck is um, incredible enough yeah and I like that kind of Rashomon effect anyway where it's telling the same story from different people's perspectives like that shit it, it, um, but like I said I feel like the 10 on my f- list are a lot better but the first one I'm going to go for is a superhero film and it is the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Guy surprise, in my opinion. I think a lot of people just think it was. I, totally I mean, right. um, I saw that, you know. A little bit yeah, of a spoiler yeah. here as well. A little, a little bit of a spoiler for the next episode. Aaron said it was draft. It wasn't. You keep cutting um, out. Does it keep cutting out? Yeah, yours? I think the Suicide does, Squad. Yeah. Sometimes I can hear you, and then sometimes it goes out. You still there, Jamie? I'm still here. Can you hear me? Yeah, sometimes it's going off a bit, but it's not too bad. Okay. Well, you heard what I said. The I heard that, that, that. Did you say about me picking it in the draft for being the worst one of the year? Yes, Aaron picked it as the worst film in the draft. Um, but no, I think it took everybody by surprise. I think a load of people were thinking it was going to be meh or awful with it being DC but James Gunn came over did a great job with it um, I thought the whole characters of Harley Quinn and and Deadshot and all, all of the different characters, Idris Elba, Margot Robbie, John Cena as Peacemaker, I thought it was absolutely great and obviously it's not the best superhero of the film of the year but really enjoyable, gory fun 
Absolutely. Huge improvement yeah. on the first oh, one. On the 2016 one, yeah. No, <laughs> there's no doubt on that. And I'm sure we're going to talk about improvements later as well <laughs> on superhero films. But Jared. Hello. Hello. Right. This, this year has been a difficult year for me because... I sound like I'm going to say something here, but <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I've kind of tried to watch a lot more older films and more TV, and I've kind of, unfortunately, the negative of that is I tend not to watch new releases. So there's quite a lot of films, like something like King Richard, for example. I feel like that would be on my list, definitely, if I'd have seen it, but I've just had so little time that I've not been able to watch it. Um... Well, honourable mentions. I'll have to say Suicide Squad because um, I forgot. I, I even for, I literally forgot I watched that film, but I actually really enjoyed it. I'm not a massive superhero person, but it, there was enough there. You know, it was better than the first one. It was quite funny. Uh, I, w- I wanted Sound of Metal on my list, but we're not. I'm not counting that because you said it came out in 2019. So there's too much, like you know, in there for me not to put it in. Uh, but number 10 I've put as Matrix 4, which I did like. It's pretty much exactly what Aaron said. There's like bits in it. I'm like, this is the Matrix. I like this film. Then there's just bits where they're like, it's not as good. It's a bit of a shame, really, because I really thought this was going to be like the Matrix, like, you know, the original Matrix, back to what we love. And it kind of mm. just is in the middle ground. It's It's forgettable, but... I enjoyed it a lot more than some other films. Like something like Venom, I just didn't get along with Venom too. Whereas I think Matrix... um, a lot of people said it's like much better on the second viewing, which you know, like the whole like um, first half is like um, like naive in its own right. Like so, I've heard a lot of people say it's like a better a second time. I like the I first think... half. The first half was really good, where it was like you know he he was like it's a video game. I kind of mm. think they did it the right way, but then it just got a bit lost when they started bringing in like Morpheus and, you know, like they should have like, just a different path. The bit I loved, I loved it when once he got on plug. I loved that bit from then on for about 40 minutes. But I, the thing I didn't like about the start is like when when they brought like Warner Brothers into it, and I was like, oh my God. Yeah, like there's literally a line where it's like, Oh, Warner Brothers is trying to make us, um, force us to make a fourth film, and people are saying that about like, Wachowski, like forcefully, like put that f- line in there because she was like contracted to make it or something. I don't know, but it's interesting. Yeah, I think she did like damage control, didn't really? Because I think they were going to make it without her, so I think she yeah. thought they'd rather be involved. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a fifty-fifty film. Like I say, like there's parts that I loved and then parts that I hated. Yeah, there's definitely a. I a think there's going to be another one. Ah, uh, I think we're done with it. Yeah, I, I definitely do. I think the idea, like, is to carry on, but I mean, the, I think the casting was just completely off in some places as well. Like Jonathan Groff, and like I love him as well. Like he's one of my favorite actors uh, from Mindhunter and that, and especially like um, considering he comes from Glee or something, and then. Mm-hmm. But him and Neil Patrick Harris was like, what is this casting? Yeah, they, the the thing is, they didn't bring back characters they should have brought back. Yeah. And the way I think they, they focused more on two and three rather than the first one. 
Well, that that's the issue. I think a lot of the first film is the reason it's good. Mm. You know, it's good enough for my top ten. I still yeah. will watch. It. I haven't watched it yet, Matrix Four, but I will watch it at some point. I'm sure. It's definitely worth a watch just to understand it. There's okay. like, I saw this thing about it. There's like no action in it. Someone was saying like, apparently like Neo doesn't fire a gun in like the whole film. And I was like, yeah, well, it's hard, isn't it? I, th I think, you know, the actual action scene, I think the issue is you won in the Matrix 1 and you can't do the same again. Mm. But then you're thinking, why haven't they done something that's like innovative? But you've seen it all. You've seen it all now. I've seen everything. Yeah. Okay, Aaron, number nine. Uh, number nine is the film that I've most recently watched. I uh, went to the cinema the other night to see Nightmare Alley, um, including the American release on this as last year. Um, it's a bit of a box office flop. I don't like the Del Toro movies normally. Um, I, I, I didn't get Shape of Water at all, really, but this was advertised as like this really like, weird um like this weird um fairground movie like a circus movie but it was great it was like a noir film like just like literally like uh watching like Maltese Falcon or something like that um from like halfway on from this film and it was really good really really good it was surprising that I do want to watch the original film the 47 film but really good definitely recommend Okay, my number nine, I'm not going to go too much into because I feel like it's going to be mentioned higher up on other people's lists, especially Aaron's, but it was the return of the blockbuster in cinema. It is No Time to Die. And I'll stop there because Aaron will say more later, I'm sure. I've got no time to die. But yeah, <laughs> I, th I, thought, I did think it was um, a decent film, I think. Um, after because I don't think Spectre was that good, Skyfall was really good, Quantum of Solace was awful, Casino Royale was really good. I think this could be on par, I think it's better than Skyfall and possibly on par with Casino Royale for Daniel I think Craig. Tipped in favor for Daniel Craig is like it's been quite iconic. His run because normally, like, they have runs like the actors and normally yeah. have like the bad films out way the good, other than Connery. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely get that. And like I said, the way it links like Daniel Craig's story with the other films as well. But um, mm. there's just some bits that I think if it had more of, it probably would have been higher. Anna D. Amos was in it for like five minutes, and she was one of the best bits about the film. There's potentially a series of her. Exactly, like she she was great. She was one of the best characters in the film. Definitely, like I said, yeah. she was only in it for five minutes. I thought maybe she'd come back later on, and, and that, that was literally it. But One of the best scenes of the year, I reckon, that. Mm. Yeah. Okay, Jared, number nine. Uh, number nine, it, when I wrote this list, it kind of surprised me, and I feel like I could have done it higher if I hadn't have seen it earlier in the year, and it was more in my brain, more modern. Uh, but it's Mitchell's versus The Machines. Have you have you guys watched this film? It's no. the Netflix animation, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so it's done by the same people who do um, Spider-Man, the animated Into film. Spider-Verse, Sony. Into the Spider-Verse. So it's the same animated people. 
And it's actually just a really funny, like, film. It's just like, you know, if you look at the score on Rotten Tomato, I think it's like 90-something, like, it's, it just does, like, you know, like a kind of family action film quite good. And it's got, like, a lot of character, like, famous voice actors in it, you know, like Olivia Coleman's in it. And I kind of, it kind of surprised me, you know, I just thought, oh, why not Netflix film before bed? And I, I probably enjoyed it. So that yeah, I'd recommend it one if, you, if you like the art style of Spider-Man. Yeah, definitely want to check that out. Flying I'm through not, I didn't now. Know that. You literally watch it before you go to bed. Mm, I <laughs> um, Aaron, we on eight. we on eight. Um, my is number eight. eight is I feel like twenty twenty one is being a year of black and white. Um, I've watched so many black and white films this year, <coughs> which is good to see. But um, this one is Come On, Come On, the uh, Mike Mills film. And I've said on previous podcasts like how much I love Twentieth uh, Century Women, which was his like film prior to this. And this film doesn't hold up as much as Twentieth Century Women, I think. Uh, but it's one of the most beautiful films I've seen this year. It looks incredible, and I honestly believe like I've never been the biggest fan of Joaquin Phoenix, um, but I, I really think the guy deserves Best Actor for this performance in this film. He's incredible. Um, you think story the best of... actor over Will Smith? Uh, Dad, yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this this film is like if you like if you like Big Daddy, but without the comedy and black and white, that's what this film is. <laughs> Big Daddy with no comedy in black and white. It literally. It's, it's like... <laughs> Big Daddy, I promise you. Like this guy just gets like thrown like a a ten year old kid on him. Um, he's nasty, man. But... This you who is good. You know what else is yeah. good? Fucking dope. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's great. Really good. Isn't that like about a boy then? Yeah, similar. I mean, the the, the story itself isn't that great. Like, there's not much to it. It's just. Um... It's just watching the relationship build between like this uh, uncle and and his nephew. Okay, uh, my number eight is a film that got released in the UK this year. It came out in the US in twenty twenty, um, but it was one of those that it took a while for it to come over here, and it is freaky. And that is Freaky, the the Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton body swap horror, um, which I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed. It's one of those where you just go into just for a little bit of fun and, you know, just a little bit of horror. And Vince Vaughn basically plays a serial killer who swaps into a teenage girl's body. And they play the roles, like, really great. Catherine Newton played the role of Vince Vaughn in her body really well. And Vince Vaughn played Catherine Newton in his body really, really well. Uh, it was just fun. I've watched it a few times. <coughs> and I think I think it was um, definitely one of the, the best horrors uh, released this year. I think it is the highest rated horror on my list. Vince, I love Vince one as well. I, I'm not, I probably want to see this one. 
Yeah, it is really, really good. So I do recommend watching it. Um, but yeah, my number eight is Freaky. It is Jared and number eight. Yeah, so my number eight is Don't Look Up. This Don't Look Up kind of surprised me. Like, I, th- I don't know why, but it just looked very generic. Very like, the thing is, I like his other films, but I just thought mm. it looked very generic and like, kind of just like, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm just into this mindset of like, if it's on Netflix, it's probably going to be a bit mediocre. And there were bits in the film I thought were a bit rubbish, but there was enough comedy, like dark, like comedy. I'd call it like. What would you What would you say the type of humor it is? I, um, I thought like he had some misses in it, but like I thought it was like I w- What I found funny about it was I feel like the film was tailored for like like most Netflix viewers nowadays, like your middle aged like people who just have Netflix, and that's the, that is their prime source of like entertainment. Yeah. But, like, the jokes in this, there's no way, like, that uh, age group is going to understand, like, the Jonah Hill humour, or even, like, the Timothy Chalamet stuff, which, like, definitely, like, I thought was hilarious in it. Um, But it was funny, to be fair. Yeah, I feel like this film was, like, almost like a mishmash of, like, all ages and, like, you know, groups. Like, you know, like we said, like, Netflix films tend to be more, like, all-encompassing. But this one kind of mm. like the jokes for some young younger like teenager viewers and there was like there was a, it was enough there that I was like, you know what, I actually enjoyed it and I didn't think this was yeah. Tosh. I was surprised with it to be fair. Like I, I, I remember watching it like I don't want to watch this. I really don't want to watch this. I think the only reason I did watch it because I put it in my first choice on the draft. So I was like, I'm yeah. gonna have to watch it. And then like I thought it was decent to be fair. I didn't like I didn't like the Meryl Street like um, parts. Totally agree. Guy, I think it was the Steve Jobs guy, like wound me up. Yeah, there, there was some bits in it that definitely thought were hilarious, and they just weren't hilarious. But yeah, there was bits in it like I was invested in like Leonardo DiCaprio's character, and you know, like because you could imagine this kind of thing where like because that's what it, it was kind of like you know it's kind of a bit of a let's not lie it was kind of like a Trump and you know there was Jeff Bezos mm. and. And it was kind of just like a mishmash of all the people that you actually see in the media. And like, you know, you could see this like a meteor happening. And they're just like, yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, it's, it ruined like Leo's score that he's held for like years on like Rotten Tomatoes or something. I saw like every film that he's been is, is like, he's been like fresh other than this sort of. Yeah, well, I, I don't say it was like not fresh, but. I don't know. It, it, I can see why people hated it, but I also could see why people loved it. Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was decent, to be fair. Don't look up. Cool. Okay, Aaron, number seven. Number seven is a film I also watched recently um, and I was so surprised with. Uh, Boiling Point. This film's incredible. Like, if 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 you if you like like uncut gems, this is like the British version of that, but like way more. Like it just like literally makes your like heart racing like all the way through, through this film. It's a one shot as well. The whole film's a one shot. And if you've ever worked in a restaurant or anything, like you have to watch this film. It is absolutely incredible. I've always said like, how overrated Stephen Gray is, but like to give the guy his due, he was incredible in this. Like all the cast was amazing. 
and it's a simple story the end is kind of predict predictable because i think with a one shot you're limited to where like the story can go but it it's just like absolute thrill ride all the way through sorry did you yeah. say stephen graham's overrated i just think he's like he's he's, he's in like the domain is like he's like he's just like a bbc like channel four actor isn't he like no no you're actually right yeah if, if that that's the point you're making i totally agree he like, I saw him in Benham and I was like, he's nah. so miscasted in this film. Yeah, like, like, he's they, great. They want to make him a Hollywood actor, but he just isn't a Hollywood actor. He yeah. could be, but he isn't. Yeah, well, this, he's like full scouts. Like, he's, it's made for him, this role. It's so good. And honestly, if, it's literally uncut gems in this country. Yeah, I think he's better in TV shows, to be honest. Mm. Like I said, um, when... When you talked by, I watched the trailer. It does look interesting. I think it's one that I will watch at some point. It's really good, honestly. It is really good. Like anything, like it literally just—it's a night at a restaurant, and everything that can go wrong, like goes wrong. Because they get him reviewed at the same time, aren't they, for the health rating or something? Yeah. So they get the health rating guy comes in at the very start of the film, and then a proposal comes in, uh, and the girl that he's proposing to, they say that. Uh, one of the tables um, she has a nut allergy so you can obviously see where that goes then there's a food <laughs> critic food critic turns up and then this like racist family turns up and then like this drug dealer could honestly it just go it's <laughs> uncut gems it is literally uncut gems where it's just like oh my god like what is going on <laughs> my number seven is probably one of the events of the year um it was one of those where booked the day off work it was like it has to be done doing it and we we booked it off and then we sat there for four hours and watched Zack snyder's justice league and what a brilliant improvement the justice league it was so good like considering how awful the Joss Whedon cut is to to survive it, and it obviously it just had so much more character development. The 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 imagery was so much better. Like everything in the Snyder cut was better, and it was a great DC movie. And everybody wants it to continue and restore the Snyderverse. And like I said, just just for the event of alone of just everybody just sat there watching it kind of all at the same time when it got released on HBO Max. Just everybody watched it that day. It was like a big event because obviously we were all locked down. Like everybody could just watch it. And it was just kind of before No Time to Die was the big cinema release. That was like the big the big release of the year uh, at home. And it was just so good. Yeah. Well, I think I the, soundtrack you was, seen the soundtrack was so much better. And the aspect ratio was incredible, to be fair. Like what a take that was. Um, it just shows you like um, what a cut can do, really. It'd be interesting to see this film in another year when like Batman's out, see how it holds there because well, it's still, I think it's still in a weird place. DCR constantly doing these um, different stories that, are, that aren't in the yeah. extended universe, but the flashes obviously, the flash could be due to be releasing the end of 2022 which will mm. carry on for the justice league 
However, it's supposed to come in from the Joss Whedon Justice League. This is is why I don't want to watch this film because I feel like it'd be like watching the Avengers, but like that's it. There's not going to be another Superman film or a Batman film. And it just doesn't make sense to me. It's like very convoluted. It is hot. It is hot. Hard. Do better doing these one-off films, right? And chase the Marvel, which that was their original like game plan, was to try and get to the Avengers as quick as they could, mm. uh, and that's why they messed up so much. Where these like one-offs, they've all been pretty good, to be fair, so mm-hmm. far. But um, what I will say is that I've seen like so many people rumored for this Batman film. People keep saying all the time. I keep seeing about Joaquin Phoenix. I'm like, no way is that going to happen. Like, no way is he just going to turn Phoenix up in Joker. In yeah, the there's no way. What? Like, no way. I know. I've seen, so, <laughs> I've seen so many places saying, I was like, nah. There's no chance in hell. That if, if it happens, it's going to be one of them like end credits where it's like, <laughs> and that's it. He's going to laugh. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Speaking of though, in the Zack Snyder Justice League, obviously we got to see Jared Leto again in a better Joker role than what he was in the 2016 Suicide Squad as well. But yeah. um, all of those post-apocalyptic stuff was really good and it actually made sense of what the nightmare sequences were because in the Joss Whedon cut, there were just random visions of what could happen. Whereas it was so much more extended and gave you a little bit more depth and backstory. Um, the problem is though, like the, none of them are going back to that. Like Ben Affleck ain't going back to that. This is this is the issue with like the way they've done it. Like someone like Ben Affleck is notorious like for being like cancelled and like mm. flaky. Whereas something like I don't know, like Robert Downey Jr. It made his career again, so he's not gonna just be like right. Hey, ben I, Ben Affleck is back this year though. I like, swear down like Justice League he was good in them last year, but. His comments, I'm sure he started, made like some really bad comments about superhero movies. Like he's he's fully in like with Martin Scorsese. It's because he's, he's, uh, he's with Thingamajigger, isn't he? What? Anna. She's oh, not, but he's with Jennifer. No, he's with J he's with J Lo. The nineties right. are back. Yeah. He's now he's now getting some like, you know. Now he's now he's smashing it. He's I getting back on the block. That, there's got you know like how Paramount have kept hold of Maverick for years and years at this point. They've got that deep water, haven't they? Um that's being held. Is it deep water the uh what's her what's her from Knives Out called and Bond? Oh Anna, yes. Is this the film with that the and Anna Ames or whatever? Yeah, like yeah. they were a couple from this film and like apparently it's amazing and then it's just on hold like it's been filmed. They're just not doing it, will yeah. It, will it be yeah. on the draft? Who knows? I'm not pointing out. You ain't risking it. It'll be good. It'll be good. But like, no, no way. That's a yeah. risk. But um, what was I going to say? Yeah, Arna Damis is really good. But yeah, mm. Justice League is my number seven. Jared. Number seven. We've gone for No Time to Die. Bit of, bit of a shock it's this high. But I think... You know, it's, it's hard not to repeat myself because I feel like Jamie's literally said the exact thing I was thinking. Like, you know, that the ranking of the films, like, you know, it's never going to be Skyfall. And maybe watching it back when I watch them all back, I'll be like, this is like the second best. But I don't know. It just, I feel like I've seen, like James Bond, you've seen everything with James Bond. Like it, it is a strong one and it might be one of the strongest James Bonds, but 
I don't know. I don't see how this differs to the other James Bonds, but I enjoyed it. So, you know, it deserves to be on this list without a doubt. We'll let the Bond fanatic go into it a little bit more when it's like number one. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. But, um, mm. When it's number one of the 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it did obviously do something different, which no James Bond films have ever done. Obviously, I'm not going to go into a spoiler if you haven't watched it, but obviously, mm. it's something that's never been done before. Um, yeah, okay, Aaron, number six. This this one, right? I'm I'm so confused with. Like, I don't know if it should be number ten or number one. Like, I, this one this one is like messed my list up because every time I do my list. This moved around this one, uh, this one pick, and it's uh, licorice pizza. PTA Paul Thomas Anderson back at it again with a va- soggy van. bottom, soggy bottom, and that would make more sense if it was called soggy bottoms because it, it is in the movie. But anyway, that's what I originally called. If you go back to the draft twenty twenty one, I I said I was going to put soggy bottom on my draft. Wait, you wait, hold on a second, hold on a second. It came out like New Year's Day, didn't it? New Year's Day. <laughs> it came out <laughs> no, it Christmas in America. Didn't it? Yeah. It came out last year. It was no, New Year's Day, 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 day in England. <laughs> oh, no, I've, I've all of my American at least states. Like, I've got I know, I was only having yarn, but still. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, drove to Manchester to see this one because it's not showing in any cinemas. Um, and Emily... Um, who I went with, she she didn't like it, to say the least. And I think this film is like just literally like it's just a film of the past, but in in such a good way. Like it throws you back. Like Paul Thomas Anderson just has this like way of filmmaking that just like throws you. It it it's so hard to explain. Like. It just oh, no, I can understand. It literally looks like the kind of like Boo Unites kind of film to me. Yeah, that the best soundtrack of the year by far, for probably for a long time. Like, um, and Seymour Hoffman's son was incredible. I can't believe that guy's fifteen in real life as well. But and I, I don't really want to spoil this. It's it's Wait, more episodic. Seymour Hoffman's son. Yeah, yeah. this is um, first film, isn't it? The, wow. the Heim sisters, all great in it. I thought it was only going to be Alana Heim in it. They're all in it. They're all great in it. But it's more episodic than like a continuation, continual like story. Um, it's it yeah. goes like a bit strange scene by scene, and you have like more like favorite scenes rather than like the incomplete movie. But it's just honestly like you you would not believe this movie was like made now. It's so like um, like such like a seventies like movie, like so good. I've never seen a film like this before. Audience rating system or whatever. It's either a five star or one star. There's no in between. People are like, people are not getting it because there's there's massive controversy with it. Like, basically, like it's a non story. Oh. She's twenty eight or twenty. She's twenty five. She says she's twenty five, but she's 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 probably older. And he's fifteen. But okay. She said she was twelve. Wait, no, is it like that in the film, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they say multiple times, like, oh, why am I hanging out with 15-year-olds and things like that? But it's it's the complete, the dynamics are completely uh, opposite, like, way around. So, like, he's 
he's like this famous actor. Like he's got he's got multiple businesses. Like his his life is like sorted out. He's making dollar. The guy's got so much charisma. Where she's like just washed out, hasn't made a big break. She's never had like a good job. She's trying everything she can to get like anywhere in life, mm. and like she's horrible in this film as well. Like I don't believe I like her character, and that's why I think like she was great at acting. And there's a Bradley Cooper scene. Oh my god, that was one of the films uh, scenes of the year. It, this one looks like a. I could wait. I, I could also watch it. Real stories as well. That I was surprised about. A lot of real stories. He, he couldn't get the rights for like a, a lot of the people in it. So uh, William Holden was one of them. He's played by Sean Penn. So they slightly changed the name. Uh, but it's cool. Okay. My number six is the directorial debut of Lynn manuel Miranda. And it is Tick, Tick, Boom. And it is the story of Jonathan Larson, who is famous for creating Rent. And I went into the film thinking, obviously, it's just going to be about him creating Rent and obviously his journey of creating Rent. Um, but actually, Tick, Tick, Boom is a one-man show that he created. And it's basically his one-man show being... Because it kind of cuts between him on stage doing his one-man show and then actually what's going on as he's creating a, his fictional... Like, he's creating a different play that he's trying to get made. Um, but unfortunately, that doesn't go well. And that's when he starts creating Tick, Tick, Boom. But um, it's all about his journey of creating this other musical. But then, obviously, he became famous for creating Rent after. And unfortunately, he died, like, the day before official opening of Rent. And obviously, Rent is massive uh, now. But... um. Yeah, it was so good. I think the music is really, really good in it. Andrew Garfield is phenomenal in the movie. Like, you don't expect much, much from him, but he's got a great voice. He he plays the role fantastic. And yeah, it was just a massive surprise just to see Andrew Garfield in, like, singing and singing so well. Like, usually in some, they'll, like, mask the voice or try and, like, harmonize it, you know, like, to make him sound good or auto tune it. None of that. Like his voice, you could definitely tell it's Andrew Garfield singing. There's no altering of his voice. And like I said, just his mannerisms, his facial expressions, everything in the film, he pl- he plays it so good. And it is a really good film. So tick, tick, boom. I assume not, none of you have seen it and Aaron's turned turned it off, yeah? I, I watched about halfway through, like I say. That scene, I looked at Emily. I looked at Emily when that scene was playing. And I was like, I, I actually guarantee this is what it's like to be a musical like theatre student. <laughs> of course it is. Jared's um, like, yeah, yeah, it is. Nah, Been there. Nah, nah, <laughs> well, yeah. um, but, um, I, I looked at it and I was like, and like when you were just saying about then, I don't know how he died, but I'm sure I can guess how he died. He didn't die of AIDS. I, I already guessed he didn't it. die of AIDS. Yeah, well, there you go. He yeah. didn't. He didn't. He did. No, 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 he didn't. He's straight. He's not gay. Oh. Yeah, but so is McConaughey in Dallas Buyers Club, and he died of it. Yeah, he didn't have AIDS. He had um, some kind of... But he lives for Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that came in, what, 2013? <laughs> yeah. Great film. That would be on this list. If it was yeah, this, that would be on this list. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I can't remember. It was some kind of um, affliction with his heart or something like that that he had. But um, yeah, it was undetected, and that's that's how he died. But yeah, he was he was oh, straight. He was straight, no AIDS or anything like that. Because again, it's one of those preconceptions that obviously, oh, he wrote Rent. He must be gay. Oh, he died of AIDS, which obviously he didn't. And it's just a great story of like, especially as me as a as a script writer as well, seeing obviously him developing his shows and showing his process of how he created these shows as well. I thought it was great. Is this going to be maybe like a Best Picture nomination, do you think, or not? It's going to be up there. I think Andrew Garfield will be nominated. He did win the Golden Globe for this is Best what I mean. Actor I think, I think Comedy. Because, yeah, I think because we're so like film savvy that we're almost ahead of the curve when it comes to the films that are going to be nominated. So like, I might probably watch this when it, there's more hype for it when there's like an Oscar buzz. Obviously, it's I, one of those that kind of went under the radar because it was Netflix. It went into Netflix in November and it was just yeah. kind of like, here you go. What are you going to say, there's Aaron? Free- there's three films that like this cannot win best picture. This film, I, 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 it's funny with Netflix anyway, but like even like Licorice Pizza, like I don't know, like these Netflix films are just they're not all that. I don't think like that was, and it was a bit of a weird like tick tick boom. It was more like a strange like documentary vibe to it. Oh no, I don't so, think this is going to win best picture. I think this is probably going to be Andrew Garfield up for best actor. Then I, think I kind of want to see if you get the hype, if you get me. Best picture for me is like, you've got to go like big cinema, to be fair. Like, Summit's like, I don't know. Well, I can't I mean, tell you. I think like Belfast well, is probably going to win it. Belfast mm. is the favourite to win it, and then behind that is West Side Story. What about that dog one? Power of the Dog is Oh, my God. That's a dishonourable mention. Like, don't watch that. If you like Westerns, don't watch that. <laughs> yeah, it looks good, but it's not good. But um, I, no, I, 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 I didn't even know it would come out, and it's apparently now one of the again. Favorites. It was Netflix. Yeah, oh, well, there you go. There you go. But he's um, an Oscar winning director. It does not mean it's better. That's what I always think. What's that? Like, if a film's accessible, doesn't mean it's better. Like, if you go out and search it yourself, then you've made the like effort to find a better film. Yeah. Okay. Jared. Number six. Uh, number six, number six. We're up to uh, Raya. Raya and Raya the and Dragon. The dragon. Raya about this the Dragon Slayer or whatever. I don't know what it's called. Hmm. It was good. I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for Disney. I think... It, I know it's, it's almost like, to me, like I don't know, Like you probably see a superhero film and you think, yeah, that's probably on the list. For me, that's what I get with Disney films. I see Disney film, I'm like, going to love it already. It's just... Well, what I was say, just everything about it is good, and it's not the only Disney film on this list. Mate, Aquafina is incredible. Yeah, yeah. she she's really good. I, I liked her in Shang Chi as well. That didn't get yeah. on my list, but um, it was alright. You know, what I mean, it's you've, I've yeah, seen more kicks someone in the face before. You know, hmm. that's like. Jared's round one and round two picks there on his draft as well. Ray and <laughs> Okay. We are in our top five. I wonder if I actually watched all my films on my list. You know, like my... <laughs> all right. Oh, no, I didn't actually. You're right. No, no, I meant like my, my list for the best films. 
Oh, I was going to say, just just do it, just yes, do sorry. it, Aaron. Anyway, and just be like, it's a film about just this guy coming out of a lake. Yeah. I can tell you, <laughs> I didn't watch the Sopranos film because I wanted to watch the TV show again first. Okay, top five. Here we go. Right, here's where we go, get to the like the big boys. Right, get tasty. Um, big boy. This, this, this for me probably best picture. Belfast. Oh my god. This film's incredible. Um, another black and white. Loving the black and white this year. It um, but um, Jamie Dorman surprised me in this one. Um, the guy, he, Kieran something, the guy, he's the granddad in this film. He's Dumbledore's brother. He probably deserves an Oscar for the, his performance. Judy Dench as well. It's just, it's just such like a nice story, this one. Like, and, it's a nice story surrounded by like a horrible event, but it doesn't fo- focus on the events that's going on. It focuses on like the family and uh, this boy's life in this crazy time in um, Ireland. And um, it's got my favorite scene in a movie by far, um, which is the last scene of this movie. And, um, the only the only slight issue I have, issue I have with it is it's just too short. Like it's just it's like an hour and a half, and I could have had a, another hour of this movie. Um, it's absolutely beautiful, and Kenneth Branagh like it's one. Of, um, I think he deserves some of that for this film as well. It's one of those. It's um like a kind of semi biographical film, isn't it? Yeah, I was surprised with that. I didn't know that until like way after I watched it. Yeah. I do need to and watch he, it. He, he wrote it. I, I want to watch it. It did. It, it looks like it's going to be the film. He he wrote it because of lockdown. So he was saying it reminded him of the time in Belfast where he he was locked down in his street because of the uh, the war of religion that was going on. Okay. I think. Well, I think you can. You, I can already. I, without watching the film, I can kind of tell where the story is about and where it goes and stuff. Mm. The story itself isn't that important. Like I say, it, it's it's mainly about like, like the dynamics of the family, and um, that's what I liked about the main thing I liked about the film. It didn't focus on like the politics of the war of the religion that was going on. Yeah, uh, at it, all really. It sounds like it's got all you need for a, a best picture, and you know, mm-hmm. it's it's like get, giving a bit of exposure to a, a thing that Americans don't really know about. The one thing it doesn't have going for it is Steven Spielberg making one of the greatest films of all time. <laughs> Fez. Uh-huh. Wait, which one are you on about? The one that he like used someone else's film? No. no. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about a Great. Spielberg film coming up. Okay. Alright. Um, I'll tell a lie from before because uh, my number five is my highest rated horror film. It's Aaron's favourite horror of the year because don't know why he disliked it, but there you go. Uh, I went to the premiere of this movie and it is Last Night in Soho. Still want to see this film. So good. I know, Aaron, you didn't like it, but um, Edgar Wright did a phenomenal job with this film. I, I just love the to- Thomas and McKenzie and Anya Taylor-Joy, like the way they play their characters and the way the story unravels. And it kind of just, all of a sudden, it just kind of turns dark all of a sudden. And all of a sudden, you get all, like, without spoiling anything, because I know you do want to watch it. 
was just a turning point in the movie where it's just like all of a sudden it just goes proper. Like what the fuck is going on right now? But um I really enjoyed it. I think I think it was a great film. Matt Smith was amazing in the film. Anya Taylor Joy, Thomas and Mackenzie. The acting in it was superb and there was a load of unknown British actors in it as well. Uh who were all really good. But um yeah. Is is there um comedy in this film because obviously yeah, there's, there's a lot is... of comedy yeah all right yeah because edgar obviously is known for comedy and i just was curious if this was not like, like a full first, like... film yeah. no i was curious if this was going to be his first like proper series like i'm gonna make a good let film. me let me ask you Jared, have you ever seen 101 dalmatians <laughs> I have, yes have you seen the spin-off film coella i have yeah did that come out this year yeah well you've seen this film then <laughs> you have to there is no difference there is no difference. Oh, I, I, that's another I, film that I would I would probably say was honourable mention. Cruella, yeah, I, I, had, a, I had a laugh for that. Yeah, I honestly I like Cruella just because it's fashion. <laughs> I honestly preferred Cruella to this film, like, and it was like the exact same film, except this one had like Diana Rigg like as the main bad guy in it. Like, who? Nah, nah, a fair play if you like it, but um, it wasn't my cup of tea to say the least. That's why it's not on your list. Give it another five years, I won't be watching it again mm. and absolutely love it. No, to be fair though, like you, I've said before, like, I, I, Baby Driver didn't click with me at all. And I know people. Oh, yeah, that Baby Driver ain't clicking with you then. Like, I don't get it. Like, people love that film. I, I just don't get it. And it, it's, it's the same like with it. Right, apparently. Um, no, Except I love the Cornet. Yeah. I love the <laughs> World's End, like, I love that film. Um, all That's the Cornet. Pilgrim. You up, Scott Pilgrim? A bit overrated. It's all right. <laughs> Anything well, after the Cornell yeah. trilogy, overrated. Shit, <laughs> don't care. Go it's back. Not got, go back to Simon Pegg. <laughs> it's not got Simon. Just let me take all my Pegg. films off my collection. Yeah. <laughs> but um, nah. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, Jared, what is your number five? Number five. This is probably the out here the shock of the year for me. So. Oh. Okay. I've tried to watch different films, the films I like, and I hate horror. I'm a little scaredy cat, I can't lie. But Spiral. Yes. Yeah. Five. I... <laughs> Let's get this to number one. I mean, yeah, I don't have um... that on my list. I don't. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> I, I, le- I like Saw 1. Uh, I can't really say I've seen any other Saws, but I don't know, there was like enough girl for me to be like, ooh, but there was like enough story. Like, I liked it, you know what I mean? The, I think the reviews for this were a bit shit. Like, you know what I mean? Obviously, if you've seen horror films, you're probably like, this is just the same. You know what? Again. You know what, right? You can have a much worse night than watching this film. I, I, I came, I left the cinema, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. It was like my film of the year for like months at the start of the year. Um, I thought I thought it was like like say, it was just a good ride. I I enjoyed it. I I I have no affiliation with the Saw films as well. I, I've seen like parts of the first one. I think no, I think I've seen the first one. I just went into this blind because Chris Rock's in it. And even I thought it was pretty good. It's, I don't know. It's just a film, isn't it? Like I just was like, I just saw that it was a horror film. I'm trying to watch more different types of films. I enjoyed it. Like you know what I mean? It's higher than Disney films. So it must have been good enough for me to be like, yeah. You know, yeah. You know what this film is as well. That 
Like, this film is like Dave Filoni, like, making Star Wars. Like, a Star Wars fan, like, making, like, Mando and Boca Boba Fett. Like, Chris Rock, like, obviously, like, he come out and say, like, how much he loves Saw. And then he's literally, like, making this film. Like, because he loves, like, the franchise. He's not, like, getting it for a paycheck. Like, he's doing it because he yeah. wants to do it. And he likes the franchise. And that's and he like, wants to do more. Yeah, you can tell, like, that's what where the passion is for it. It was a little, a little bit predictable. I would say, like I kind of knew where the plot was going. I knew, I knew straight away who, who the person was. But um, the good yeah, thing you about... love horror. This to you is just like, I mean, a little bit of sprinkles. Like this to me was like the cake. No, yeah, hmm. but like I said, with, with Spiral, what was good about it was it deferred away from the John Kramer stories of Saw, which is Saw one to eight, um, or Saw one to yeah one to seven and then jigsaw because they're all about john kramer really and his legacy and he was mentioned in spiral but it was kind of more of a new take on a copy well, yeah like the film is kind of just like somebody like a copycat killer essentially yeah. is that right yeah mm. whereas in the later films of saw because obviously john kramer <laughs> spoiler like 2006 2005 saw three so you should know john kramer dies in the third film so, I didn't you know, know that. So it's a massive spoiler for me. It's not a spoiler. Like he dies. <laughs> I like, didn't know his, that. His, his, his legacy is obviously through his apprentices, and he's in loads of flashbacks. He's in all of the films in one to seven, but obviously in flashbacks of how he worked with his apprentices and obviously carried on his legacy of Jigsaw. But I mean, in the first film, he has cancer and he's dying. Like oh, he was obviously going to die at some point, but um, yeah, it's but definitely it, up there. It's it's uh it's definitely up there with the top ten book offs. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to get a good horror because I think a lot of horror tends to slack on story, whereas this didn't slack on story. Yeah. Okay. Top four. We, we should do a top ten book offs. Book of Mormon, Book of Boba, Book of Saw. What else is there? Book Smart. Book Smart. Just the book just books fee. then. The book fee. Uh, the page master. <laughs> <laughs> Lord the of the Rings. The book of life. Yeah, that, that one actually doesn't get on the list. So. Better than mm. the Disney remake. But there you go. Mm. Okay, number four, Aaron. All right. He is right. I'm not even joking, right? My he is one for you, right? It, my top four out of all tens, I'm not even joking, right? These are masterpieces. I'm not, I mean, I can't even tell you how good these films are. They speak for themselves. And mom, these could be in any order as well. My number four is My Arrakis, My Dune. Like, oh my God. Like, Dune, what a moment seeing this film in the cinema. My first IMAX experience, um, Jesus, like, give me that desert power. I want more of it. <laughs> um, the only reason this is in fourth place is because it could get Last jedi Like, Force Awakens was amazing, but, like, Last Jedi killed it. So, I mean, I did go back and watch uh, Denise, like, most of his films, Watched Arrival this year, and then I watched it over and over again. Can't believe I disliked that film. That's incredible, that film. Uh, film. So, uh, 
yeah, Dune. I would say this almost film, all his films. I'd say every film he's done is perfect, almost. Yeah, like this guy's up there with Nolan now. Like, oh, I mean, without Dune, a doubt. Was, Dune was made with like half the money to No Time to Die. Like, this was made with like not a lot of money for like the the scope of it. I mean, even the actors alone in it were like it, the cast is crazy, and I mean, one of the best cinema moments I've had is like seeing that part one. Like when you just see that and you're like, oh my god, like there's gonna be more Dune. But um the book is too long to just do it in one film as well, though, isn't it? And that was oh, the kind 100%. Of, movie of what he was, was gonna happen. He was adamant that like he's not doing this in one film. I'm so glad he did. I mean there's, there's a great, great story. There's 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 an interview that's quite long, but everyone should check it out. It's um Nolan interviewing uh, Villeneuve when June comes out and they tell this story about this producer brought them both together for dinner uh, Nolan and uh, Denis Villeneuve and he said like oh June's becoming available like June's like come up on the table and then Denis Villeneuve like says like no like this is impossible no one can do this like, no one can film like it's a waste of time there's no point doing it and then like he said that like literally to put Nolan off like taking June uh, because he's he's been obsessed. This has been his project since he was like a kid. He wrote this film when he was a kid. Like he wanted to be a filmmaker because of this book. So um, it's so good to see him like living out his dream. Yeah, it's a proper proper sick film. But what I was going to say is, I'm I think my issue with him is I love all the films he's done, but his films aren't mainstream enough. Like this one. I think it got people in the seats, but I think a lot of people who are mainstream were like, it's just slow. Obviously, like someone like me and you are going to enjoy this film because we mm. see, you know, the aspects of what it's like. It's like, like watching Blade Runner again, it's it. Like, everybody likes Blade Runner. Yeah. Well, like the numbers came out and like Godzilla for Warner, uh, for, um, it, it, it's Warner Brothers, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Go Godzilla and... Yeah. And Mortal Kombat did better than this film. Like, that just I'm out. not surprised because this film isn't made for everyone. But the issue is, to make these films, you need a certain type of budget. And I'm worried mm. that eventually the it studios are like, we, we don't care enough to make these films. Yeah, the, like, only, the only problem is with the audiences. Whereas I don't know if Dennis Villeneuve is going to be. I, I I think it'll be good because it is him, like, and like you said, like all of his films have been pretty stellar so far. And oh yeah, if um, he don't get the money, he he'll do it. But if they keep giving him the money, I don't even know what's going to be next. I mean, he's he said though, like the the Warner Bros. CEO, like because I saw I saw him saying like it's got it's ready to go, like it, we're ready to go for the second one. I think the the problem is like the second half of the book is like most of it is like on Arrakis. So you're not going to see like um, as much like space venturing as you do in this film, but um, it'll be interesting to see where they go with it for sure. Okay, my number four is the surprise hit of the year, and it was one of those films which is like I definitely wanted to see when it came out. I was like, need to watch this film; it looks fun. Just like, you know, one of those films that you just need to go to the cinema just to have a little bit of a laugh and really enjoy. And all of a sudden it was winning appraisals everywhere. It was getting really good ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. 
and you go watch it and it was great and luckily it got even better because of its merger with disney and fox and they got to have arguably one of the best scenes of the year and the film is free guy Yeah, it's good. No All right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I, I ain't seen it. It just doesn't look like my type of film. I was surprised with it. It was all right. It was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, you look at the concept of it of just being like he's a non-playable character in a video game, and basically he gets glasses, so he becomes a character kind of thing. But there is actually depth behind the story and a reason of why it's all happening. Jodie Comer is in it. She's amazing. Better than what she was in Last Duel, just saying. Yeah, I definitely agree <laughs> with that. Um, yeah, and Ryan Reynolds is is great in everything that he does. Taika Waititi plays a dick in it. He's great. <laughs> it was just uh, like an unexpected hit. Like, it was really, I, really good. I was saying to Emily about this one, like it was hard to do, like because I really liked it when we when we both saw it, we both really liked it, and I was saying, like for people like us who play like a lot of video games and growing up with it. I thought that they'd go in a direction where they'd make it so like baby files, like and just to, to make like yeah. other people watch it who don't understand video games, like yeah. they'd make it like so like uh, do you know what I mean? Like they make it like so simple, but it it does make it simple because even my dad watched this and he like obviously he don't play like games like I do, but he he really liked it and then like people like us like really like it. So I thought that was like it was actually hard to make that film work. And they did it. Yeah, it is a really good film. I do recommend it. It is available on Disney Plus now if you do want to watch it, Jared. But like I said, it was just one of those films you can just sit there and enjoy it for an hour and 40 minutes. There's great comedy in it, there's great action. I just don't really like Ryan Reynolds. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Like, De- I can deal with it with Deadpool because Deadpool's like. He's in a mess the whole time. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah. No, he's playing that like, a certain type of character, but I just don't like. You know, like Jim Carrey, Ryan Reynolds, certain type of actors just put me off film sometimes. Fair enough. It's understandable. Well, tell us what your number four is, Jared. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. No Way Home. What What do you want me to say about Spider-Man? It's, it was really good. The end. Nah. <laughs> nah the, if you, I don't want to spoil it, of course, but, you know. I it's think just, everybody on the internet, everybody has seen the film. Yeah, it's on the internet everywhere. If you haven't got seen it, seats, it's there's enough there. The first half is good. I like, I like what they do with the characters. Maybe they could have done less jokes, but this is maybe just my internal thing mm-hmm. with like superhero film. I just don't want it to be joke scene, joke scene, joke scene. But other mm-hmm. than that. I like the the fight scenes. You know, what I mean that that's what got me hooked on the film, like the fight scenes and that. Yeah, and Willem Dafoe was phenomenal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know I mean, I, I like I liked it was a bit different to what I thought it was going to be, but I just I just wish it didn't have to be a joke. Every 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 line has to have a joke. Like you know, every line has I think to be that's witty. Marvel, though, isn't it? Marvel's quite. Yeah, like, I know, but not every like line that. has to be witty or jokey. It, it kind of puts me out the film. Like, I think. Um... I think the fan service alone like makes this film like really good. Mm. I think the plot ha- does have holes in it. The more it I definitely, think about it, it definitely has holes in it. And the how, other, how are you going to do this film without 
you know, not having like, a bit of holes, I guess. Yeah, the, the thing that annoyed me, um, well, not annoyed me, I, th- I thought it was like very similar to Spider-Man 3, like the end. Like, you know, yeah. like when Spider-Man 3, like where he's fighting Venom, Sandman. Um, it was very much Goblin. like that, yeah. And I was like, this is like the same scene. Like, and and everyone slaughtered that movie. But now people are loving it just because, like, they've got the fan service in it. But it's yeah, just, it's, it's only weird. the fan service that they're adding to it. If you it's weird that it. the Amazing Spider-Man films are now, like, everyone's like... That's what I mean. That's what I was going to say. Like, but have you actually seen them recently? not. Everybody yeah, hated they've, Batman they've become two. like the prequels. They've literally become like the Star Wars prequels. Where everyone loves them now. Yeah, uh, give me that amazing for Spider-Man three. But um, no, it was really good. What I mean, fan service alone. Like I, I honestly thought it would be a cameo, but it's not. It's like it's really good. Okay, yeah, so I saw like a tweet that was about all the Spider-Mans, which I really liked, and it was like, um, Tommy McGuire was the best Peter Parker. Andrew Garfield was the best Spider-Man. And Tom Holland was just the best at being like average at both. Yeah, hmm. which I agree with. The thing with Andrew Garfield, he had the comic, the comedic timing, and everything to be Spider-Man. He was witty, you know, when he's beating people up. He yeah, he's it. really good. He's absolutely perfect. Like he's the best one, like for sure. Yeah, um, and he actually is a massive comic nerd. He absolutely loves Spider-Man. If you watch yeah. any interview where he's talking about Spider-Man, like. And he's like, he's too good looking to be a nerd. He's too good looking to be a nerd. <laughs> um, like Tom Holland's good, Tobey Maguire's good, but like, yeah, Andrew Garfield, like, you just think it's fine. But it's the same thing with Batman. Like, I mean, even Ben Affleck was all right, but for me, everyone has like a different Batman. It's Bale. It's got to be it's Bale. Bale. But, but well, is that because of the films? Ke- but Michael Keaton, though, you know what I mean? Like, give me, give me that Michael Keaton in the Flash. No. Give me Michael Keaton. <laughs> okay, here we go. We're in our top three. Let's go, Aaron. Oh, you know, here we go. No, don't do it. Number three, Maria. I just met a girl called Maria. West Side Story. I thought this film would be bad. Um, it, was. it wasn't like, it just... I, I I like the original film, but um, I said my problems with it with Jamie being it does feel like a Broadway show, and um, <clears throat> the first film where this is this is what I was saying at the start of the podcast like this is big cinema like Spielberg like just gets big cinema so good so well, and it's obviously like a passion project uh, for him doing this. Uh, it's his we first like remake, dad, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. It's his first remake. It it honors the the original so well as well, uh, and what it adds to the original is it's it's better diversity for a start. The leads sing, um, but I mean I do think the opening is probably better in the original. But everything else I prefer in this film. Um, I think the scene, the dance scene, like is shot so like beautifully, like. Um, obviously from Romeo and Juliet um, when they first see each other and it's so magical the thing with this film is because they've got like so many Broadway actors and everyone works so well like Ansel gets pushed to the side a bit I don't think he's doing a bad performance I just don't think he's doing a performance as good as everyone else but 
watching the original, I do think they're they're definitely better as Tony and Maria for sure. Um, and yeah, it was just magical this film. I've said I went to see it a few times, and um, went to see it with my nan Emily a couple of times. It, I can't wait for this film to come out. It's it's, it's really is like one of my favourite films I've seen in a long time. Okay. And it's the songs. It's the songs mm. in it. Like, it's so good. What is your favourite song? Um, probably. Um, when you're, I like, I like what they did with Maria because I like the put the original guy in the echoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oh, uh, America, obviously, like that 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 set piece was unreal. Like. Because Emily, Emily's not a big musicals fan as well, so she's really she was like really apprehensive, especially with Ansel. Try and convince your girlfriends to see a film with Ansel Elgort in it. That's a challenge in its own right. <laughs> um, but um, she ended up like loving this film as well. But um, yeah, I mean that America scene is so good. Well, it's not Spielberg's fault, is it? Really, like he obviously it was already done. It was, after, it? It, it was already done. And it's such a shame with this film. Like, it's such a shame with all these films. Like, made, like Nightmare Alley, that's made like ten million. Like West Side Story, when I last checked, made like thirty million. It's it's ridiculous. Where you look at films like, like years ago, like not even years ago, like a few years ago. Like, look how much money like The Revenant made. And that's not like um like everyone would go to see that. That if The Revenant was released out, like that would make like a quid. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it's a bad film, but do you know what I mean? It's not like people are going yeah. to see like it, I saw a start. No one's like, taking the risk anymore. Yeah, there was like over a three month period, like Spider Man got worldwide seventy two percent of the market. And it's only because like, people are just like, I'll go see Spider Man, and then that's it. Yeah, which Spider Man's great. Like I think I think it's really good, but like there's so much films like out around there that. Like nothing's getting actually released in the cinemas. Like Licorice Pizza, like Paul Thomas Anderson, one of the biggest directors of our times, most hailed. Like, and no one's seen it. Like, there's no, there's no point it, releasing but... it though in the cinema. They might. I, I know this. I think this is the issue with 2021 for me. So many films got delayed because they're like, right, we'll keep delaying it until we make the money that we think we deserve. Mm. But you'll never make that money because what's going to happen? It's going to be week after week after week of. What massive box office films like it's just going to get convoluted yeah and there were so many films this year that was in the cinema for like two days like the last duel and films like french dispatch was in it for like two days and then i didn't bought. even realize french french dispatch came out yeah they mm. had like one show in a week and then it was done then it came back three weeks later for a show and then it was done wow yeah really? um, because it's just one of those unfortunately where we talk about cinema it's it's mainly Cinema should just be your big films and these smaller films. Like, don't get me wrong, it is Wes Anderson, but it's not a cinema film. I think cinema films should be your big blockbusters now. And I think because of the way streaming is going in the future of film, just have your big pictures, your James Bonds, your Marvel, all of these, have it on the cinema and everything else, like you said, possibly just straight to streaming. There needs to be independent cinemas, though, because... Films like West Side Story wouldn't be as good, like if you just watch them on the TV, like no way. Um, or like June, like, ima- like imagine watching that for the first time. I know they released that on HBO Max, like straight away, but like imagine watching that like on your TV for the first time. 
I don't get it. Like, and I feel like I, I've heard a lot of people say like cinema is becoming like gigs where people are going like four times a year and it's like big events. Like it's like a big thing to do. It's, it's starting to become like that now because uh, you know, rather than well, this like, is what I feel saying. like I go all the time. Yeah, if the if these films aren't accessible, as in if I can't go see French Dispatch at least two or three showings a, a week, like a night. Mm. I'm not going to just go for this one show in a week. Mm. Yeah, 100%. It's like I, I drive to Manchester to see Licorice Pizza, like I say, and it, um, it's just effort to do that for films. Yeah. Too much effort. Okay. Uh, my number three is a UK release date again. It's my only other one. It got released in the US in 2020, but it got, came out, finally got a streaming platform on Amazon in 2021 April. And it is Palm Springs. You've been singing these praises for a while, this film. This film yeah, is so good. It is amazing. It's really good, but I watched it in 2017. <laughs> you watched it in 2020 when it came out. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's good. But yeah, it is so good. Andy Samberg. I mean, I probably spoke about it last year at some point. Um, but yeah, it officially got a UK release date in April. Uh, of 2021 so it, it made the list it beats like i said most of the films that came out in 2021 because it is that good it, it's so good i've watched it three or four times it, it's so good like it's a great like you think obviously the groundhog day like the concept of groundhog day you're just thinking oh it's what just what another one of those films but it actually has a great spin on it in the way it's told. And the two actors, like I said, Andy Sandberg and the mother from How I Met Your Mother. can't remember her name. She was amazing. They're both great. And J.K. Simmons just randomly coming into it as well. It's, but, it was just a really fun film. What's the best out of the three? Groundhog Day, that, and uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, Palm Springs. That's a hard list. I'll, I'll put Groundhog Day at the bottom of that. Really? Wow, that's a hard take. That that is a big take. That like Edge of Tomorrow was amazing. Like again, I'm kind of getting biased here with Tom Cruise. You forget how much I love Tom Cruise. I think Palm Springs is the best telling of a Groundhog Day. Wow, and then obviously Tom Cruise Edge of Tomorrow, which leaves Groundhog Day at bottom. I'm not saying film. Like I would highly rate probably all of them nine out of ten to a ten out. Like, they're not, mm-hmm. not, not going to be any lower than that. They are really good films. But, um, yeah. What about the they game all, Death Loop? They all did something different. The what? What about the game Death Loop? That's also the same. same I haven't better. played Death Loop. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, Palm Swing is my number three. Jared. Number three goes to A Quiet Place 2. Ooh. This, this film is other than the ending that i thought was not bad i just thought it was very quick it was like oh we ended oh it's over yeah yeah like that's that's the only negative i have with this film i really like you know they had each character had their own like little development you know they went out and did their own thing um the girl i, I thought the girl who has the hearing aid is she's just a great actress and she really she really does play that role really well well she's deaf in real life as well isn't it like john krasinski was like we need to yeah, have yeah. proper 
hard of hearing character and then everybody on set will have to learn sign language to communicate with her and he was adamant on that which i think is great like i said it's not just an actress pretending to be like she actually lives from that and i think john krasinski created a great set and an environment for that film to be made yeah the the first scene you know the the it, it did take quite a big the chunk of the film yeah. like the film could have been longer because i felt like if you take away that first chunk, the film doesn't really go on as long as it should. Yeah. But the first, the first, like you know, the scene where they see these people for the first time, he's pretty sick. Can't lie. Yeah, I said with Killing Murphy and stuff as well, like in it at that point, and he reappears. But then I think the only thing that just threw me off is just like randomly Chitwell turns up for about five minutes. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I liked it. I thought Silly Murphy was really good in it. I just thought it was a little bit predictable, maybe. I feel like the last, like, like 40 minutes, it wasn't, like, the best, I don't think. Um, and it, it'd be interesting to see where they go next, really. Are they, are they, are they getting another one? Mm. He has talked about it. I don't think it'll be John Cousins. I think, that I think we it. got what we needed with it. I think one is better than two, but two also had his moments. It added it added depth to the story, and like you said, you actually got to see them come to Earth. There is so many different ways they can go with the story, but then it would just be oversaturated, I think, and it won't have the same impact. Yeah, I this has got me, like... It, yeah, go, go on. on. <laughs> now go on, I, I was just saying, I kind of wish they hadn't killed John Krasinski now. Yeah, I thought that when I watched the first episode of uh, This Is Us. And then, like, six uh, seasons later, I'm like, why did they kill the main character in the first episode? Like, they, they, they could have kept him in. They only did that flashback scene just so they can, like, yeah, he's in the film. Yeah. Um, I, it, I feel like it's got Netflix all over it, like, buying it off. Like, you know, like, they've done with Knives Out. Yeah. Um, like, just buying it and making it into, like, a TV show, like, spin-off and all that, just, like, running it into the ground, like they did with uh, Cloverfield. Yeah, I could easily see this being a Walking Dead TV show. Yeah, definitely. It'll be you so know, bad. Like, well. Concept like, of you can't speak. speak. You got to be quiet. You know, there's so many routes you can go. They're, they're just, just one family. Get, they're just gonna basically say the Last of Us is a quiet place. Yeah. And Bird Box HBO show. <laughs> Bird Box. <laughs> right, we are at our top two. Which um, one is it gonna be, Aaron? My number two <clears throat> was my number one for so long, and it's a dear, dear film to my heart. It is no time to die. Um, Bond fanatic, uh, but um, what um, this is to like Bond fans is the same what Spider Man is. The fan service in this, like if you're obsessed with Bond, is so good. There's, I, I was, I was in the cinema in this. And I was literally jumping up, like I was like, "Oh my god!" Like that's the car from like Living Daylights. That was the motif from Her Majesty's Secret Service. They kept like doing like different things from all the saga films. And what I love about this film is the the there's two sides of like Bond fans and Daniel Craig fans. What they did with the Daniel Craig films is like ground Bond to get rid of the gadgets, get rid of like the cars and make it like less funny and it, it 
and yeah, it's worked. It's worked in ways like it worked with Skyfall, but this is like bring Bond back to like the olden days and just giving homage. Like it's all the films added into one film, and the the villain was a, a slightly weak, which I get that, but it, it's a story for Bond, and it's the end of saga. And with this going over to Amazon, I think it was an amazing, amazing way to end it, especially after uh, Spectre. And, I, and like I said before, where uh, like films like uh, The Last Jedi has, has ruined uh, Force Awakens, I think this has actually made Spectre better than it was. And I've always said that, like, well, the last like, couple of years, I've said, like, how much the Mission Impossible films have overtaken these films, like, they're doing everything Bond does, but like completely better. But I feel like this is like a big like uppercut to them, and it, it's a great final film. It's not better than Fallout, though, is it? I I honestly think it is, to be fair. But it, as a Bond film, though, like Fallout's like a probably like a better action film, but um, as like a story for Bond, like this 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 is yeah. one of my favorite films. Okay. Uh, my number two, like I said, it's the, the cinema event of the year. Um, it's the highest grossing film of the year, arguably the biggest film of the year, and obviously arguably the best film of the year, which is why it's on our list, and it is Spider-Man No Way Home. Like we said, there's so much stuff that we've, we've spoke about of it, like I said, the fan service of it. There's just so many great moments, like you said, with Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, um, just coming back to the franchise, fixing the characters of Jamie Foxx's Electro, obviously from Amazing. I Spider-Man. actually didn't like that. You didn't like it? It's because he's in a new world and got new power. That's why he is not blue. I, no, I don't care about the blue. I'm on about how how come he became like like really sexy and you know like good looking because like he got that. new power. Nah. <laughs> But um, I, no, it, it's just so good. How come he got a sick face? Like, uh, I mean, <laughs> was it you that was saying, Jared? And I was saying, like, like if they turn good, they still die. It makes yes. no difference. I don't understand that. There's got to be an answer for that. There's got to be an answer for that. It doesn't make what sense. So if they go back and they've, like, you know, been turned good, what's going to happen? Are they just going to go straight back and then they'd go back to the bit where they die. <laughs> yeah, that's what I couldn't get. Like, the, they came back as the, at the point of their death. Yeah. To be cured then to then die? To I don't know. This is why you don't do time travel and multiverses, because it's going to get to the stage where one, one movie's going to make a mistake, and then it's just going to make every... It's going to be a Sony film. It'll be like Venom 3 or something. You know what I mean? Well, and then, then it affects everything in Marvel. I thought yeah. it was amazing, though, to say the least. Yeah. Like, I thought it was really... It was amazing and spectacular. Yeah, we're just nitpicking one of the, like, the best Spider-Man films. I'd say... I think it's on par, or if not better, than Endgame. No. I would agree. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's better than Endgame. It's not better than Just, Infinity War. Uh, I'd say it's probably the second best Spider-Man film. Behind what? Spider-Man 3? No, um, oh, Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, like, 
like I said, I'm not going to go into too much spoilers, but um, yeah, like Aunt May, great fan service, everything that happened in the movie. It was just so good. It's it's what you wanted. Everybody wanted stuff to happen, and everything happened what you wanted to happen, with a little bit extra in there sprinkled in for you. And like you said, you thought the story was going one way, and you're thinking, oh, no, it's not going to happen. Then all of a sudden it changes, and then, oh, my God, it is happening. Then it happens, and it's great. Cinema erupts. It was brilliant. If you watch these cinema, like fan reactions of stuff in the cinema and everything, it is as big as you know, Portals, that moment. Yeah, you know what, right? I, the, my biggest pet hate was people complaining about that, like Roadmen. Like, take off your North Face jacket and, like, let people enjoy cinema. Let people enjoy what they want to enjoy. Like, Ooh, so many, so many people, so many people were, like, complaining about, like, how good the cinema was. Like, and, and like, saying, like, how oh, embarrassing cinema was. I was like, nah, it was sick. Like, it was so good. Yeah, and obviously, um, like I said, all the stuff that happened as well with other characters from other franchises, which um, hopefully will be getting made soon and coming back into it, and bricks and stuff like that. That was a great I moment. Yeah. I did more than that at most points. Most people had no idea who he was, but there you go. It's just good that it's like an origin trilogy. He's done so much already, and like that's meant to be like the start of his journey. We've not seen. It's annoying though that we've not seen Spider-Man like swing through New York, like we have in the other two films in, in the other two yeah. franchises. Which, but to be fair, like he started doing that at the end of this film. Yeah, he started doing it because no, we, we haven't even seen Harry Osborn. Yeah, you know, that's what I mean. But he's become, he has become Spider-Man that we we know him from like the video games. You know where he's got the police tracker and he's tracking down criminals that way. And he's got his own apartment and he's kind of balancing the life of Spider-Man and Peter Parker and he's alone and that kind of thing. So he's kind of going into the, I say the video game version of Spider-Man where he's just doing different stuff. But, um, but yeah, um, no doubt at all. Yeah. Um, number two, Jared. Uh, number two, uh, my number two, I've gone for Dune. Dune, 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 Dune. Dune. <clears throat> this I absolutely love Denis Villeneuve. I think he's he might be getting to the stage of better than Nolan for me, Ooh. which is controversial. But I don't I even know if it is anymore. Like that's the crazy thing. Like I love all these films. Know. This is a brilliant film. I I, I didn't come out of the cinema loving it, but I'd been doing a lot that day, and then it was a long film, and I was be like, ooh. And then like, I just couldn't stop thinking about it after the film. And I think mostly it's because it's part one. Like, mm. I can see this being like, when part one and part two come, come together, like a great experience. But I'm just like, I'm wanting to see more. Like at the moment, I don't, I don't really know where June goes after this. I can kind of guess, but... It's weird watching a part one where you see the ending of part two in bits, like flashbacks. But then, well, the flash flash forwards are they? Propositions? What would you call them? Paul uh, Paul can see into the future. Yeah, yeah. A premonition, I think you call it. Premonition. But, 
and he doesn't know which visions are right and which are wrong. So, like, yeah, this is the thing. It is very complicated. I feel like there's more watches to be seen. Yeah, definitely. I'm in love with this film, but yeah, like, if we're talking like, I enjoyed Spider Man, but that to me was my cinema experience. Like, that was the one of the year I was like, we're back, baby. Let Let me ask you about this, right? Was there any point in watching this film where you thought this could actually be the greatest film of all time? Because it, it got to a point in this film where I was like, it, it was about 40 minutes in, I was like, this could actually be the greatest film of all time when I was watching I, it. I actually feel that was the opposite way around. I found the end at the start really slow and I only really got into it like when more started happening. Mm. I don't know why. I, I just liked the, like, it was, it's kind of felt like, I know it's like probably wrong to say, but it was like very much Star Wars for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like Star Wars without just the, the lightsabers and all the crap. It was just like, but, you know, the <clears throat> empire. It's the main inspiration for Star Wars. Like George has always said. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's what I'm on about. Like you, the start bit where they're like, you know, the, the meeting them and that. It is Star Wars that in it. Like you can yeah. see it. Um, no, it's, it, it's, it's so good it, to be fair. Like, and it, I mean, you've got the HBO series uh, coming out as well, so um, I think it'd be incredible to be fair. What what is that going to be based on? Is that the sisters? Um, his mum. Oh, okay. Uh, Ferguson's character, um, and then they're gonna in the original, like the guy who plays Sting, who Sting plays, like he's not in it yet. The Baron's ne- uh, nephew, so he'll he'll be casting the film, but. What I liked about this film as well is like Denis Villeneuve's like not even holding back off like his influences, because like, <clears throat> he keeps bringing up Apocalypse Now, and after recently watching like Apocalypse Now before I watched this, yeah, you can definitely like, see there it. is literally shots from it like it's crazy like it's it's not just the shot of like pulling out the pill it's Marlon Brando literally to a T, and um, but he's he's not scared of like saying yeah like I love Apocalypse Now like that's where I got this character idea from. I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to watch the trailer for number two because I hate when you watch a trailer and then I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for this scene to come up. Do you get me? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I I feel um, Rebecca Ferguson, like, she, I feel like she come out of this last, like, five years, she's absolutely killed it. She's, like, in a huge musical, one of the biggest musicals going. Yeah. In one of the best action movies of all time, yeah. she's doing horror in Doctor Sleep, and then she's like, <clears throat> like leading June as well. Like I was so surprised that she was like the main character in June. Um, as well, done well since X Factor. Well, it's yeah. not that one, but yeah, there you go. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, let's get to it. It's number one time. Number one. No one said my number one yet. No one said my number one. You might both have the same number one really possibly go on then hit me up hit me up listen right i don't (laughs) if kieran was on the podcast i reckon he would have my number one uh my number one is a Beatles song called drive my car um what by by a guy director i I don't want to pronounce his name his surname is hamaguchi it released two films this year, Will of Fortune and Drive My Car. I've been listening to so many top ten lists 
and seen so many talk like 10 lists and this being number one on so many. So I was like, right, Jamie, Jamie got this film for me. I, I, I've watched this film. I've never and, heard of this film, have I? I watched it and it is a completely unique film. Um, sort of like Slice and Life, but it's, it's three hours long. The, the film doesn't even start till like 50 minutes in and that when the credit uh, credits start then. And it's just absolutely magical. I made Emily watch it like the night after and she ended up watching it at like 3 a.m. to like 3 a.m. And she thought of the exact same as me, film of the year. Um, like one of the best, it, it's not even film of the year. It's one of the best films I've ever seen because it's so unique. I've never seen a film like this. Um, and honestly, I don't want to spoil much about it, but I recommend anyone just go watch this film. I've not watched his other film, which is highly rated as well, Wheel of Fortune. But I need a little more, to be honest. I'm not really understanding this film so far. <laughs> so I'll, I'll try and explain the premise. So basically, this guy um, and his wife, he's, he's so, he, he, he adores his wife so much. And his wife has dreams um, of... I don't... I don't really want to spoil it, you know, because there's a big thing that happens with his wife uh, in the first 50 minutes. But um, just just watch this film and, sit and see what you think. I mean, I, I will, but like, you've just told you know, you you me a three-hour film that I ain't got three hours. <laughs> um, Cinefix, who, who I've always watched on YouTube, put it as number one. Okay. I listened to The Big Picture on Spotify. They put it as their number one. I've seen, I've seen Mark Mode do it. Like, there's so many people putting this as number one, uh, and I was like, "What is this film? What is, what on earth is this film?" And then I watched it, and honestly, it is the number one. It's it's so good, it's so so good. Okay, right. I mean, my number one. I mean, going into the year, I expected it to be my number one film of the year it was my number one pick in the draft it was the number one pick overall it's in the heights in the heights oh look he's he knows the songs now we're all right <laughs> um but yeah obviously it's um lin-manuel miranda adaptation from the uh, stage musical but directed by john m chu who is amazing uh, directed Crazy Rich Asians, which I'm sure if you listen to the pod, you know how much I love that film as well. Um, but yeah, it's just so good. It has one of my favourite scenes of the year in this film, when the sun goes down, when they're on the the building block. It's a beautiful scene. Um, the songs are so good. Like, I'm not a massive fan of Hamilton, but obviously it keeps the same kind of style as Hamilton. But the thing is, they're catchy. All the songs are catchy. I know, Aaron, you've argued to say that you can't really think of any of the songs, but you listen to the soundtrack, it's it's just great. Like, Anthony Ramos is so good in it. Melissa Barrera, who plays Vanessa. And then you've got Stephanie Beatrice. Uh, playing one of their salon girls, who's obviously from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, in a completely random role, which is completely different to Diaz. Um, 
I've watched this film about five, six times this year. Last year, sorry. I love it. It, it could arguably go in my top ten of all time. Wow. Yeah, it's, it, it is so good. It is really good. Like it, it could compete towards Mom and Me to be my favorite musical of all time. Where, where are you putting this with La La Land? Well, it's far better than La La Land. Wow, Jesus, that's a hot take. That is. I, I, well, no, I'm saying is in my favorite. As it, like obviously, I just, I, I that, just that is a very big. That is a very big thing to say. The thing is, I'd say I'd say West Side Story was definitely better than La La Land, but. Only because La La Land's not even that much of a musical when you think about it. I was looking, listening to the soundtrack the other day. There's not that many songs in La La Land. It probably just looks like a, a special place in my heart because I'm not a massive musical person and I did just really like love it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, I've not La really La loved a lot of musicals and I was like, wow, this is brilliant. La La Land's like a great film, but In the Heights has got like song after song after song after song after song. I think this will be well. I don't know because where where do you put Hamilton? Because I really couldn't even put Hamilton. I don't. I probably I probably put it at two thousandth on on the top. Like it's not going to waste your shot. I just really don't like Hamilton. I can't stand it. No, like that's all right. I feel like this is a film I'm going to watch in like three years and be like, why have I waited so long? I watched this film on Christmas Day, and it was a great Christmas Day film. Don't regret it. Um, You've watched it twice like, now, three times. I watched it twice. I did fall asleep the second time through. Um, that that wasn't because of the film, but Emily didn't like it because she said it just like carries on like way too long. But um, I mean, I'll, I'll put it down. I will. I will try and watch this in the next. I would definitely like it more if I like Lin Manuel style more but even me who don't like i don't like his style like i still think it's a really good film mm-hmm. like i said i'm not a massive fan of the manuel miranda style like I said he's created his own kind of singing because like singing talking in almost yeah they just it's talk like... they, they just talk well what they're doing they're like they just talk I'm really fast. Is it going to be like that in the whole... Do they talk or do they sing the whole way? No, they're just, no, just talk. talking. Yeah, oh, like, right, it's okay, not yeah, like Lame Miz where it's just singing throughout. Oh, no, because no, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do the Hamilton thing. It was like, the way they were singing, it was like, I don't know what you're actually saying. Mm. No, that's, that's definitely that. I mean, like the film. Like I said, it's, it's my film of the year. I went into the film into the year thinking it was going to be the best film. I come out of the year saying it's the best film. I picked it on the draft at number one. Very it, good. I just you know what, right. more Oscar recognition because in my eyes, it's, it's definitely better than West Side Story. However, it came out in June of 2021 and I think it's just been forgotten about. No, yeah, but like performance wise, like it's not up there with like her performance in West Side Story. Rachel's like, what would it good but what would it win for like best supporting actress has got to be uh her from west side story best supporting like you even in like in the heights like i'd still give it to uh what's his name yeah (laughs) you know what that's the best thing about in the heights that he's not in it that much like i I thought like he pops up at the start and you're like oh fuck's sake (laughs) Uh, but uh (laughs) 
<laughs> like you're like, oh, here we go, here we go. Here's where it starts. Let's make a film about you, but it's not, it's not like that. That's what it's well, obviously, he did play the role of Russ Navi in the original stage production. But yeah, he's mm. just um, playing. I hope they go somewhere though. The the main the main two. Um, Melissa Pereira's just been in Scream. I could I could it's see them dream. like both. In, <clears throat> I could see them both in like Star Wars something like that. Like they've got something about them. Yeah, Melissa Pereira was is was really really good in that film, and she's kind of come out of nowhere. She was doing like some TV show, and then she's mm. doing the Heights, and then like I said she's she's the main character in the new Scream film. Yeah. So, like I said, there's big things probably coming from Melissa Barrera, but John M. Chu, Crazy Rich Asians, amazing. In the Heights, amazing. And now his next project is adapting Wicked for a film. Yeah, but that's been meant to be coming out for ages, isn't it? Yeah. I thought that was already, like, meant to be out. Yeah, Yeah, it was supposed to come out, like, three years ago, but he's <laughs> attached. And I think they've announced the cast now as well. It's, it's Ariana Grande, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I feel like. Yeah, she's um, playing Glenda. Fuck me. And Cynthia mm-hmm. Aphizio is playing Alphabet. But yeah. Talking about right. musicals, how bad does that like Peter Dinklage film look? The Peter Dinklage oh. film is, is thingy. He's like third favorite to win Best Actor. Mate, if he wins Best Actor, I've not seen that film, but like that just looks trash. Is it film. the Love One? Yeah, he loves this girl, and basically he's writing letters for this other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, so, sorry, like, I'm... yeah. Peter Dinklage is basically in love with this girl, but because he's Peter Dinklage, obviously she doesn't really see him. Um, but she's in love Literally. with this other guy. Yeah, she's in love with this other guy, so he starts writing love notes to her, but by him. Kind of thing, something like that. That's what I, that's what I got from the trailer. But anyway, Jared, give us your number one. Mate, what if Jared's number one's going to be like tragedy of Macbeth? I'll actually leave right now. Nah, nah, not something like that. I'm, <laughs> I'm just laughing because in my head I was thinking, oh, Wicked has got James Corden written all over him, and it's a petition yeah. to keep James Corden out of Wicked. Hits twenty five thousand signatures. <laughs> I thought we'd be that Anita Menzel or whatever her name is. Anita Menzel was the original Alphabet on 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 Broadway, but she's too old to play Alphabet now. I actually think Ariana Grande is a relatively good casting because she. I think she was really good in Don't Look Up. What for the like the two lines that she said in it? Yeah. What did she say? Something like "Don't look at me, twat." Yeah. Oh my! Well, my no, then then obviously she had the bit when she was on the newscast, weren't she? When she's with her. Oh, in the song she sang, yeah, yeah. But no, go yeah, on, what you know, know what I mean? I think we're forgetting that Ariana Grande was actually an actress. I no, think we've got a good one. Yeah, she was on the Disney yeah. show, wasn't she? I think we're forgetting that Ariana Grande was white, though. Is she the witch? She's playing Glenda. She's not the green one. No. All right, I, I, I'll have to watch the film and tell you what I think when it comes out in three When years. it eventually comes out, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, go on. Jared, uh, what's your number one? Number one, not be mentioned. How has this not been mentioned? Not even an honourable mention. Film of the year, Luca. 
absolutely sick film. Yeah, it's good. Everyone I, I prefer yeah, the mod- yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's I, good. I prefer the Modric, to be honest. No way. <laughs> this film, like, I'm looking at this town. Like, I want to visit this town in Italy. The story was sick. It just picks out perfect. You know what I mean? They just know what they're doing, man. They just the story is good. Fish, fish boy. Love it. Love it. Every, everything I want from a Pixar film. They just they know what they're doing. Keep it up. I, I, it, it was in between Dinya and uh, Modric for me. Best one, yeah. I mean, I think those are going completely over your head, Jared, when he's talking. Sorry, about I didn't him. hear you. I didn't hear what you said. Sorry. <laughs> he was saying it's between Lucas Dinya and Luca Modric for me. Oh, yeah. for <laughs> you can't even joke about this film. If you don't like this film, no, it's well good. I like it. It was good. Oh, no, honorable mention. Maybe a top 10. Um, I don't think it was the best animated film of the year, let alone film of the year. I was uh, better than that. I'd say Raya was better than that. I, no. I'd, probably, I'd probably say Raya. Really? Maybe Luca yeah. just hit me at the right time. But yeah. Luca was a bit like Brokeback Mountain in like water. <laughs> <laughs> Put in water. Right. <laughs> Yeah, let's no, do joking. this. It was great. Um, all right, Spider-Man so, or June 1. Well, they tied on 16 each. Ooh. All right, who are uh, we saying? Some of the, uh... So we did have Dune, which which was Jared's number two and Aaron's number four. Spider-Man was my number two and Jared's number four. Um, And then also, just finishing off in... Th- in Second place, just behind, um, is no time to die on fifteen points. However, that wasn't all three of our lists. So what? June you know, wasn't on whose list? Yours. June wasn't yeah. on mine. I haven't seen it. Okay, that makes sense. And then obviously, yeah. Aaron honorable mention Spider Man. I, I feel like Spider Man's got like enough awards. Let's give it to you. <laughs> yeah, but like. I don't want to sound basic, but I feel like June is like the perfect film for us to like give it to because we like films. <laughs> yeah, we do like films, so let's not give it to Spider Man. Like, yeah, but Jamie's not seen June, so yeah, that's true. He has seen Spider Man. I have no, I have no problem with Spider Man, but uh, you know, well, I, I, mean, I mean, it's gonna kill cinema, but I mean, I have no problem with Spider Man. Either or, I like both films. Oh, like I said, if you want to go Spider-Man, do No Time to Die. It's a solid top three, I'd say. I I think the them them three are the best three films. Like I feel like the other other films that we've named, like Luca and In the Heights, they're not the mainstream like best films. Like these three that we've got there, I think are the best three. Mm. I mean, where is Fast Nine? Just saying. In space. yeah i mean that concludes the greatest movie of 2021 the top three of spider-man dune and no time to die yeah i'm happy with that on my list now to watch yeah i mean join us next time whenever we will be back hopefully it'll be a little bit more regular in the, the in this coming year um 
and yeah, hope you enjoyed the draft episode as well. Goodbye. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.